You're listening to DraftKings Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckley, SAB, the CV, copyright 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is the Dan Levator Show with the Stugatz Podcast. So what you're about to hear is a taste, a morsel of Pablo Torre Finds Out today. It's Sharon Tell, it's Mina Kimes, it's Dan Levitard, and it's Tom Brady, in a sense. Um, so that's this. For the rest of it, though, which gets into uh, lots of stuff um, involving uh, the fate of the Republic, and also whether Mina Kimes has more group chats than anyone else on the planet, that's over in our feed on YouTube or our podcast thing, which I guess also called a feed. It's been a long week. Enjoy. I did not expect to be the guy bringing the football topic today, but uh, but I have been really interested in what we're supposed to do with Tom Brady as he is, yeah, replacing Greg Olson in the booth next year for Fox. And we all know that story by now. Greg Olson has, <laughs> it's just impossible to be better at this than he has while also losing your job. And so there is this clip of, uh, of Tom Brady that went viral recently that I want to play for you guys because it was this glimmer. It was framed and hailed as a glimmer out of what he could be, which is to say, like, actually interesting, question mark? If you can play that. They're just calling probabilities. Okay, there's a probability on third down. In short, they're going to play man-to-man coverage. So therefore, on my call sheet, I'm going to call my man-to-man beaters. Oh, they didn't call man-to-man. Looks like, you know, a simple cover two zone. This play isn't really working for that. Okay, in my mind, it'd be like, okay, let me get to my best cover two play against this look, as opposed to now we get the ball. Okay, it's it's we've got a bunch of crossing routes into cover two. That's not good. Let me hold the ball and go run it. And then people on TV go, oh, you know, great play, way to run. And in my mind, I'm going, why did you snap the ball? I mean, you clearly knew no one's going to be open. And so that that's just Brady talking to Steve Young on his podcast um, and having an edge to him and also just this conviction, which made him um, automatically interesting to me. And Mina, I just want to know for you, right? Like, 
There's this conversation, and you've been in a booth calling NFL games for the Rams. Uh, he's going to have to tighten it up. Those windows are small. Like, if he thinks he's going to have the ability to explain all of that, he better speed that shit up. Right. So how do you foresee the Tom Brady experiment going as he is basically handed a job that everyone else has to climb a ladder through mud and, 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 and uh, many sharp elbows to get to? What I found interesting about that clip is not so much the substance of what he's saying, right? Which is he's, he's criticizing a quarterback using his legs for basically not um, engaging in the sort of pre-snap mastery that Tom Brady engaged in, which I have to think like the Brady uh, has probably watched a lot of quarterback mobility over the last few years and been like silently seething. <laughs> he only ran because he needed to run. You know? um, but <laughs> and I have, Mina, not to interrupt you too much here, but I do <laughs> think that he will be paid $375 million to bitterly excoriate that Mahomes is not as good as him in every game that he calls of Mahomes. Oh, that'd be I can't stunning. wait I for that. that. Uh, as he calls all of football <laughs> mediocre and and just drains oh, yeah. down, right. uh, just, just rains down upon Mahomes, he's not as good as but I was. Sorry to interrupt that's you. That's what's interesting about the clip. So I do think something that um, either bothers you or uh, you love is when announcers are critical of quarterbacks. Like whenever you see Chris Collinsworth trending on Twitter, it's usually NFL fans complaining about him being too positive about a quarterback. I would say the reverse has been true of Aikman in the past. Troy Aikman tends to be more critical of quarterbacks. I love it personally. <laughs> I think it's really funny. Um, and I think he's he had a fantastic year too. So I think what we saw there was a glimpse of the possibility that Dan alluded to, which is Tom Brady might actually be critical. I have never heard, like the clip of him complaining about the NFL, that was very general, right? But if he actually does what he did there, let's say we turn on a game and it's Jalen Hurts and he's, he's just struggling against the blitz again. Tom Brady going in on him would be the most controversial and interesting thing Tom Brady has ever said. So if he yes. actually were to do that, and then given his um, the fact that he has the authority to do so, I would find that fascinating. I hope that that's the case. I am most interested in this part of it, and he's an old man by athletic standards. So he is <laughs> approaching 50, and the way that he's approaching this... When athletes struggle a great deal with what do I do after I have buried who I used to be, after I have grieved mm. that my identity is I was Tom Brady who played, and now I'm Tom Brady who talks about this and wants to be successful and I'm treating it competitively, I'm going to sit out a year until I get good at this. And I ask you, Mina, because I do believe this part is funny and interesting. I believe Tony Romo's enthusiasm, just like John Gruden's. You like football. I like football. That works. Hey, Tony Romo, there has to be an intervention with you and CBS executives because you're not taking this job seriously enough. I really don't know what the balance is on this. I think Tom can take it so seriously that he strangles it or he he could get good at it, but I do wonder if he thinks he's going to get his smart off in 15 seconds at a time, enthusiasm and likability counts for something. He's starting from a likable place, but the fact that he cares so much about this, I think can be as a preparation, it can give him comfort, but it also can be overprepared and you can think you've got this handled and not have it handled because you're not treating it as relaxed as Romo did from the beginning. 
I also think that we're talking a lot about the craft of announcing, and we should because it's a really interesting job. It is uh, a very, uh, you know, high-paying job. It's a very high-profile job. There's a reason, by the way, that like the greatest of athletes, I mean, truly, like Wayne Gretzky is calling or he's like in, a, in the studio doing like hockey commentary now. Tom Brady wants to be in the booth, the greatest of all time. Would LeBron want to do this? He seemed to enjoy being uh, at the desk after winning a championship, being very open and interesting, right? So there's a, I get why people want to do this. I just think it's very funny that inside of any sort of like broadcast network, the conversation is very simple. It's like, oh, yeah, get Tom Brady. Yeah, him. We want Tom Brady, period. Because on some level, you just want to know what he thinks. Like yeah. everything he says would make news in a way that must be infuriating to like other competitors for that job. Like Greg Olson went from a tight end who was like mildly well-known, um, you know, to most normal people, if at all, to Tom Brady, where it's just like, whatever his take is, is inherently interesting because that's how good he used to be. Now, there's going to be a diminishing returns on that, where if he's like super boring all of the time, people will stop being interested. But the the bar, the, the floor because on him, is. Yeah. because you just want to know what Tom f- Brady thinks. But what if what and he that's thinks? That's going to carry him what, through a lot of the first year. But what if what he thinks is that football today is more mediocre than when he played it? That's his starting point. His starting point is not the affection for football. Now we know he loves football, uh, but Olson and Romo make you feel like they're enjoying their Sunday as much as you are. Brady's starting point is: I think the product's mediocre the moment I leave the field. I don't think he's going to be a crank. That dude loves the game. I mean, I, the brief glimpses you get of him on the field where he does show personality. Um, you know, I'd like so what we're talking about is that clip is him criticizing quarterback play, but quarterback play isn't the entire broadcast, you know, just that. Like, I, I, I think Tom Brady, I just picture Tom Brady calling a Niners game and watching the way Christian McCaffrey is used. He'll go crazy about it, for example, just throwing that out. I'm actually pretty optimistic about um, the depth of both the the tone, which is what we're talking about, and the depth of knowledge he's going to bring. And I think because of who he is, as Pablo said, it adds an additional layer of interest. To me, it just sucks that like he's replacing Greg Olson, who was you know, doing such a fantastic job. Those are big shoes to fill. I thought that he was pretty critically celebrated almost by consensus. I know it's a ridiculous thing to say, how will Tom Brady ever replace Greg Olson? But Greg Olson, I felt like was a huge media darling. Not since Romo had I seen a broadcasting, not since Romo was correctly predicting plays on television had I seen a broadcaster of any kind, any sport celebrated the way that Greg Olson was for, for, for starting as a rookie and being great at it immediately. But that's also why I imagine Tom Brady is uh, putting out clips like this. Like he's hearing this. That must be so frustrating for Tom Brady to be like, wait a minute, you guys do know who I am, right? So if if we as a media organism can basically dare Tom Brady enough to be interesting, it's kind of like that guy, that guy cannot possibly pull off this comeback with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. I feel like we can actually shame him into being interesting. His one personality trait that we know of is competitive freak. Yes. That dude is hearing all of this. And by the way, like, I, you know, when he took, took a second, right? He didn't jump right into the booth. Again, knowing what we know about him, he's probably been doing an insane amount of preparation. 
Like he's not like the criticism of Romo now is that he's maybe not as prepared as he was initially. This is these are all the you know uh, leaked stories we're seeing. That's not going to be the case with Tom Brady based on everything we know about him. But Mina, I would say to you as someone who has done that, I would say to you as someone who has a lot of information at her disposal. You know how fast all that moves. You can prepare for that. Tom Brady, I'm sure, will have a lot of things to say and not enough time to say them because you are not prepared for how quickly all of that moves when you've got 700 sheets of paper in front of you and you need to know who uh, who the backup nickel package is on the left side, uh, uh, you know, who's who's in too deep coverage this time. You need to know every... The, I don't think people yeah. understand that Al Michaels every week for, for 17 times a year or however long it is that the burden that is Al Michaels at his age just learning every player on the roster because you need to know who recovered that fumble. As opposed to the NFL when he had three seconds to identify yeah, wait, every wait, player Mina, on the field Mina, and get off Mina, like a perfect pass. I, what are we talking about here? I just want to send Tom Brady specifically that clip of Dan. <laughs> just watch I, this and make my Sundays better as my, a result. My concern about Tom Brady, the broadcaster, is not anything Dan said, which is, come on, it's that he was going to be bland. And that's what why this clip has got me intrigued. Because if he's willing to criticize quarterback play, he will not be bland. That was my, you know, I was just like, oh, is he going to be afraid? Because this dude is studiously non-controversial. Right, right? Well, he's he political is, that is, with his like, takes, yes. yes. But you guys, you guys yes. laugh at me as if the difference between sculpting 25 years of I need the ball out in two seconds Sorry. and, hey, Tom, be smart, funny, and interesting in four seconds. Go, as if that's not an entirely different skill set. Be funny. He can be, okay, not, be smart. You hear that, Brady? Be, Brady, you hear that? Be smart, interesting, and likable, and do it in seven seconds here, and don't step on your on your lead guy because he's got to get to the next play because it's hurry up offense now. I don't know. I, I, I'm not worried. I'm not, I, I'm, I, look, I'm the guy who said seven years before his career was done that he was declining, <laughs> and he had another Hall of Fame career after that. I'm certainly used to uh, questioning Tom Brady. I'm just saying that the degree of difficulty on this, uh, no amount of preparation actually prepares you for it. The first time he does it, he will feel like he was less good than he wanted to be because no amount of preparation will prepare you for it. I just can't wait to cycle analyze every little thing he says about Patrick Mahomes. I just can't. It's going to be so good. It's son of it's going to be so good. Stu out here for my friends over at Simply Safe. When you travel, do concerns back home nag you? Did you lock up? Did you leave a window open? That's why I recommend investing in Simply Safe home security today for award-winning security and peace of mind wherever your summer plans take you. I've had Simply Safe in my home for many years now. The peace of mind it gives me, especially during the summertime when I'm all over the place, is incredible because I know the things I care about, the things I value back home. I can always keep an eye on it using Simply Safe's indoor and outdoor cameras. So do me a favor. Before you head out on your next vacation, make sure to protect your whole home with Simply Safe's variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, plus add sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. It's backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day, no contracts to worry about, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind. I want you to have it too. So right now, get 20% off any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com slash DLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Don Lebatard. All of us who were watching college football 
elevated everything the weekend was because we missed football in general so very much. You didn't watch the ending of UTEP Jacksonville State. It was awesome. A dizzy. <laughs> Boom. Mm-hmm. Stugats. <laughs> Such a lane for you. Just everything in college football is awesome. It Any is. single thing that happens, she gets deliriously happy about. Don't you miss call. viewing sports through that, that prism, though? Like, I'm envious of Lucy. Like, I wish that I could still be happy. This is the Don Lebatar Show with the Stugats. What's up, Fight Fans? Welcome to another episode of the MMA Hangout. It's your boy, Tony Kaladiud, and today we're diving deep into the main event of UFC 298, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Ilya Tupuria, undisputed versus undefeated for featherweight gold, and we're here to give you everything you need to know if you plan on watching this weekend. Joining me is the one and only Danny Segura from MMA Junkie. Danny, what's up, brother? This is a massive, massive fight, and we are only one month into the UFC calendar and we've got a legend versus an undefeated, just beast monster. Uh, it, he's incredible. What? It, what like, I, I am so excited for this fight. Yeah. The last few fight nights have been quite terrible, and so was the first pay-per-view of the year. So this one on paper promises to deliver. So I'm super excited to finally, starting 2024, getting some quality mixed martial arts. So... Uh, I'm all in on this fight and on this fight card. It's amazing. Uh, If you are kind of on the fence on whether or not you should watch it, this is it. This is it. I mean, we might be witnessing the end of an era, the start of a new one. Mm -hmm. We're going to get into it in just a few seconds, but uh, super, super stoked for this fight. The UFC last year put on banger after banger after banger. And this time last year, we were looking at Volk versus Makashev Mm -hmm. in the first of their two fights which was an instant classic. And now we're looking at a year later, we're looking at Volkanovski again defending another featherweight title against somebody who has been... I, I, I'm running out of words and adjectives to describe Ilya Tupuria to people. He is a... feels like a once-in-a-generation fighter, even though he hasn't fought the cream of the crop of his division. He hasn't fought... Yair, he hasn't fought T-City, he hasn't fought a lot of these guys, but he's getting the fast track to a title. Can you explain to the people, Ilya Tupuria, his rise and what he means right now in this title fight? Yeah, so this was an interesting one, and I've been caught in like a weird situation with this one because I saw this coming like a long time ago. I feel like people are now seeing like, oh, snap, it's Ilya Tupuria, this and that. But because of my um, coverage in, in, in Spanish as well, because mm-hmm. I do coverage in, in both English and Spanish, I've, I've been witnessing the rise in popularity, maybe a little bit fast forwarded than everybody else, because it's it's come through the Spanish side first, and then it's kind of had a lag effect on the English one. So just now people are realizing like, oh my God, we might have like a very, very, talented fighter could go on to lead uh, to be a champion people are saying win or lose like he's he's bound to be champion he might lose this one but eventually he's going to get to the belt he's going to be a pound for pound you know one of the best in the world like people are already just putting him as uh, a future great and he's giving everybody reasons to believe that um and again as you mentioned not only is the skill there but you know, he he just has sort of a tone about him that's very cool. That's 
kind of like a villain type mm -hmm. and uh, he does a very good job at marketing himself. He's good looking, as you mentioned. He's got an entire country of Spain backing him and Spain right now is so hot in terms of uh, of just hunger for MMA. I've never seen uh, traffic like like we've been seeing in the last few months in terms of just a specific country. Um, just to give some, some people some insight, uh, over at Hablemos MMA, where I do my Spanish work, 46% of the audience is from Spain. Wow. I mean, nearly half of the audience of Hablemos MMA is Spanish, and that that's trumping, you know, um, Hispanic Americans, uh, all of South America, Central America, Mexico, which we know are, are huge countries for mm -hmm. mixed martial arts. So the, right now we're just witnessing something very, very special for Spain and specifically, obviously, for Ilya Topuria. And just looking at this matchup, right, we like to do things differently here on MMA Hangout. Like, yes, this is a monster matchup. Yes, we will technically break down the fight in a little bit. But we want to answer questions for people that are – both watching this for the first time, getting into MMA, but also have a foundational knowledge of mm -hmm. the sport and of the fight and of the narratives of these fights. And you, in and other I words, I'm, I'm let me interrupt here. And in, uh, <laughs> in, in other words, in parentheses, in, in small words, when you watch the fight at a bar, you know what you're talking about. So yeah. You're not an idiot asking around, "Hey, well, who is this guy?" We got you covered. You're exactly. going to sound like the biggest expert. You know everything you need to know from this preview. Exactly. What I see here, Danny, is we are looking at one of those moments in time, right? And it goes across sports where the baton looks to be passed from one generation to the next generation. And Alexander Volkanovsky is an incredible champion. He's defended his belt a thousand times against some of the best fighters in the world. He's gone up. He's looked good. Obviously, this past one where he got knocked out with the, with the high head kick, and it could happen to anybody. But he's looked as solid as a champion has looked through his reign in the featherweight division. He's never lost. He's never lost in the featherweight division. So for those of you, this will be a nice little nugget when you're at the bar and you're at your buddy's house. There have been four featherweight champions in the last 15 years. Four of them. Jose Aldo, McGregor, Max Holloway, Alexander Volkanovsky. That's it. And he's beat three of them. McGregor no longer exactly. in the division. And he's beat three of them, and he's beat other guys that cool. probably will be champions in the next couple yeah. of years. Yeah, Rodriguez, mainly the, the, the most impressive one. Mm -hmm. But it looks like this is the moment where we saw it in basketball where Magic and Bird passed it to, to Jordan, who passed it to Kobe, who passed it to LeBron. We saw it in football where all the quarterbacks would pass it down. Now Brady to Mahomes. Mahomes just winning another, champion, another Super Bowl. It feels like if, if this is the moment, Volkanovsky can pass it down to the next generation, Ilya Tupuria. It feels to me a bit like the situation where McGregor came in, had some fights against guys that were okay, but was a star, then took that turn where he knocked out Jose Aldo, and then the sky was the limit for him. Like If Ilya can knock out Volk or beat him the way that he's talking about beating him, this is the stage setter where the sky is the limit for this kid. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a great way of putting it. We're looking almost at two storylines competing against each other, right? Ha is Volk too old, right? Is he getting old? Or, you know, is this a new start of Ilya Topuria in, in his era? Or is Volk still at the top, right? Like, there's all these questions surrounding um, 
who's the man at this point in time? And and it's crazy because Volkanovski, as you mentioned, has defended the belt a million times. Uh, he not so long ago was the number one pound for pound fighter uh, on the planet as far as mixed martial arts is concerned. Um, just the most respected guy you can find in mixed martial arts, right? He has a rough 2023 going to uh, one and two, losing twice to Islam Makashev in attempts to become a two-division UFC champion by moving up to lightweight, but uh, he does defend his belt at 145 pounds against Jair Rodriguez. So if we just erase what's happening in weight class above, the dude's had a, a spotless record, yeah. right? But he is 35 years old, and I want to throw out a stat out there. You can throw that at the bar, too. You look like a genius. Uh, between 125 pounds and 170, which are considered the lighter weight classes, in title fights, fighters that are 35 or, or older, are four and thirty-one, and two of those wins Oof. came on the women's side, and two of those other wins came on the men's side, but with one fighter, Tyron Woodley. Mm. T. Wood. If you look at the track record, Usman, Sahudo, like all these greats that have fought for titles at thirty-five plus, doesn't end good. Statistically, you do not do well. Uh, so stats are against Volkanovsky here. He's coming off two losses in 2023. He's talked about the mental health issues. He was day drinking uh, and, and had a bit of a spell, right? Like, if, if there's a time to pass the torch, right? If there's a time to fight Volkanovsky, which there'll never be a good time to fight him, it's always going to be a tough fight. It's now. And he's facing an undefeated, hungry, super confident, somebody that already changed his Instagram bio. It's a champion. UFC featherweight <laughs> champion. I mean. He's got the movie coming out too. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that, that's one of the things I love. Let's let's really quick give, give people technical breakdowns for the last like two minutes here. Volkanovsky, incredible on his feet, incredible on the, on the ground. Tupuria, the same thing. And you you were there in person when he flattened Josh Emmett like 14 times. Yeah. And Josh Emmett's a tough guy to bring down, and he was just destroying him all fight. He's great on the ground, Greco Roman background, great on his feet. Like this is a clash of the Titans yeah. where both at both levels on the ground and on the feet, they're excellent. Yes. Uh, this is like t Terminator 2. Like, you know, Arnold was like that older version of <laughs> yes. the Terminator. And then you got the guy that's got the fluid metal. That's how it is. It's like Ilya just seems like the 2.0 version. But man, that experience, mm. that, that aura of greatness, the fact that you've been there, defended your belt. Um, you know, so Arnold is Arnold, right? Like, the, <laughs> so... I don't know, man. This is this is a fantastic one. But yes, this is um, Ilya Topuria is by far the most well-rounded fighter that Volkanovski has faced at 145 pounds. Right, right. Ilya Topuria is way more well-rounded than Ortega, than mm -hmm. Jay Rodriguez, than uh, Holloway. You meant like whoever it is, this is it. This is his toughest test and is coming at his most vulnerable point. Uh, they're both very, very skilled, very similar. I would say that uh, Topuria is a bit more of a bruiser, likes to move forward, likes to put on the pain. Volkanovski is a bit more strategic, mm -hmm. likes to pick his spots, his attacks. He's Keep a little bit more, yeah. more finesse, but um, just a, a beautiful storyline and a beautiful matchup, just technically speaking, really. What do you think? We got less than a minute. Is the torch being passed down to Ilya Topuria or is Volk going to just dig deep and find some magic, some Volk magic from back in the day? I, I, I'm going, I'm pushing all of my chips on the center of the table. And I think Ilya Tupuria is going to be our featherweight champion. 
I'm gonna I'm back. Pu- I'm pushing them all into the middle right now. This is gonna be, I feel like, a war, a five round war where it feels like both fighters won. Both fighters are gonna have respect for each other, but in the end, I think Iliatopuri is gonna get his hand raised. I think he's. I've listened to him on Ariel Show, just listening to things he's talking about. He's like, I've manifested this. I've seen this before. I'm yeah. going to get my hand raised. And he's been right every single time. He's got the rose waiting for – he's got a rose for every fighter that he's faced. He's got a rose for yeah, yeah, he's got a little box. Yep. Like, this is, this is going to be one of the best fights of the year. We can already say it. it's February, and it's going to be one of the best fights in the year. And that's oh, yeah. including 299, 300 that the main event still hasn't been talked about. Like, there's a lot of stuff to go here yet in this year. And this is the fight that I'm probably most excited for. Danny Segura, MMA Junkie. Plug your stuff on the way out, brother. Yeah, uh, check out my English work over at MMA Junkie and my Spanish work at Hablemos MMA. Love it, bro. A lot of good stuff on this card, too. Buy the card. This is going to be exciting. MMA Hangout coming soon. I think we're going to be live somewhere. I'll let you guys know soon. Peace. Love you. The Dan Lebitard Show with Stugatz is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Keeping things bottled up can feel like carrying a weight that gets heavier with time. Whether it's talking to a trusted friend, journaling, or seeking professional help, finding ways to let out your thoughts and feelings can bring relief and help you navigate challenges more effectively. Remember, it's okay to reach out for help when you need it. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com DLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot D-L-B. Oh my gosh, folks. Gather around. Everyone gather around. Listen to these words. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers, listen to me. You bet just 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DAN. That's code DAN for new customers. And you get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. That's insane. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Don Lebatard. Teammates can't shoot from three. Now they're gonna see a different Jimmy. Now he's just, just playing. Nickelback in the locker room and Stugatz. They'll play D and shoot threes as they chase the Nets for the six seed. These five words in his head. Scream, are we winning games yet? This is the Don Lebatard Show with the Stugatz. Welcome back to the Tomahawk Show. We are talking the Super Bowl with Juju Gotti here. I am your host, Andrew Hawkins, a.k.a. Hawk, as always. Look, 
So we've seen the 49ers take the L against Patrick Mahomes. And of course, the conversation is going to be around everything that the 49ers did wrong. Specifically in this game, people were up in arms around Coach Kyle Shanahan's decision to take the ball first mm. in overtime because they say it gave Patrick Mahomes an advantage because he went into that drive knowing what he needed to get. And it gave him essentially the thoughts that it was four down territory. So Juju, you tell me when you were watching the game and you hear the conversation, where do you fall on the spectrum as it pertains to Kyle Shanahan's in-game decision-making? Bro, he just got to keep it real, bro. He got to admit, like, bro, I didn't know what was going on because the more you dig this hole, you just digging deeper and deeper. We wanted the ball third. Bro, Patrick Mahomes over there. You might not even get the ball second. You, you've messed around with that boy. So I think him, use check, everybody, they in the same boat we was, bro. I didn't know what was going on while the game was at. I, I can admit it. I seen the clock ticking down. Nine. I'm like, what is happening? Because I wasn't listening to Tony Romo. Tony Romo for me, bro. It's hard for me to listen to Tony Romo over. Why, why Tony Romo taking shots, man? What he Bruh, do? Tony Romo need to calm down sometimes. He be, oh, Jim. And he be, he, I don't like his energy sometimes. So I muted his ass. So I'm looking at the game like, what is happening? These boy got comfort, supreme confidence. So the, <laughs> and the rules was, long story short, Kyle Shanahan, keep it real, bro. You ain't know what was going on. That's my opinion. And the more you try to lie, not like you was trying to have another plan. Nah, bro. Come on home, bro. It's all right. You lost the Super Bowl. Yeah, bro. You just messed up. But look, I, I, did, I actually don't mind the decision to take the ball first. Here's why. If in the event, well, the, the more concerning thing was that other players didn't know the rules. Right. right. And I didn't know the rules either. So I'm not pointing the figure, but I'm also not playing in the Super Bowl. So whatever. <laughs> but the fact that the players didn't know the rules is more of an issue than his decision to take the ball first. You know, you could say, OK, I wanted the ball third if we score or whatever. But I would also say that players. Some players play better without the pressure on them. Right. Right. And if, if, if Mahomes goes down there and score scores. Maybe Brock Purdy in this offense isn't isn't as smooth. There are teams. There are players that play better whenever the press, the heat is not on. So in that respect, you got to know your team. I can't wait till players biometric data becomes public. And that's like when you see players heart rate and, you know, what's going on inside of them, like the game within the game, because as, as fans, that will terminate the threes you're talking about. Yeah, yeah man, man, you don't know. So basically you wear like, there's like wearables, like watches or, you know, things that we will put in our chest that would measure your heart rate in a moment. So it could tell you when somebody is feeling the pressure and the people who are cold as ice, their, 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 their heart rate and pressure don't rise Ooh. in the craziest situation. So in that moment, we would be able to say like, yo, this dude is super nervous. Right. Absolutely. You don't, he can't play. He plays better when there's no pressure on him. That's a yes. real thing. And that's like, again, the elements within the game, but we're, we're probably a couple seasons away from that. But I was okay with the fact that they took the ball first to be aggressive. Um, okay. But like I said, I'm not okay with the fact that the players had no idea about the overtime rules. And in their mind, they were going to go down there, score a touchdown, and yeah. the game was going to be over. In the playoffs with the new rule change, that is not the case. I, yeah, I say third and four, though, Derek, their decision, that that play that they backpedaling and all out blitz almost at third and four, it doesn't seem like they was taking it as serious as I thought they would. Like, you supposed to call the play your life in those situations, even on fourth and four. That's Patrick Mahomes over there, bro. Like, I feel like they could have, Kyle could have skinned them boys a little bit differently 
in my yeah. opinion, uh, on the couch at home. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, though, man. I, I think that's the conundrum around Patrick Mahomes. I remember watching him on the shop years ago after his first Super Bowl, and he told Braun and them that he's still learning how to read defenses. And mm. everybody was like, oh, that's Cap. But no, it wasn't. Because you could even see the way he plays now versus then. Yeah, He knows, even when he's improvising, exactly where the ball goes. And there, and there is just some players, like these elite players, who know a defense that well, and there's not a lot of them that could just have a natural feel. Like if you've ever seen on the internet a baby who is two years old and knows how to read, or like a three-year-old who can do like trigonometry, that's not something you can teach a two-year-old or a three-year-old. <laughs> they just, their brain composition in a perfect way was built for those things, mathematics or reading and, and, and comprehension. Like it's just luck of the draw, their brain waves and their uh, mental makeup Man. was perfectly composed for that. What I'm perfectly comp composed for is finding a hole in the defense. I can get the ball on my hand. I don't need to think about where I cut. I never have. Like, and there's some people that do that. When you get to the NFL level, most of those guys are like that. I just feel it. I know where the holes are going to be before they happen. And I so happen to have the quickness and speed to hit them. But it was just a feel thing always for me. Well, you know what I'm perfectly composed for. What you perfectly composed for, Jew? Picking the shopping cart at, at Target without the squeaky wheel on it. I can see know. and find the right one. Gifted. <laughs> Gifted from an early age. So when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, he kind of has that. Like, everyone's like, well, why is he so good? He's not, you know, super, doesn't seem super athletic. He's, you know, he's built like a gas station attendant. Well, <laughs> he's perfectly born and composed to be able to throw a football and know, just have a feel for where the holes in the defense are. There's not very many quarterbacks like that. I would say um, Joe Burrow is like that. CJ Stroud has that ability. Um, ROI. Stafford sometimes, but there's just very, very few quarterbacks. Tom Brady obviously had it. Um, Aaron Rodgers has it. Like they just always, they just know. I tell where you, to who don't have it. I know who don't have it. We got a log list of people that don't get it. <laughs> Desmond Ritter is the leader in that uh, category. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't got it. <laughs> That's messed up. Well, top, well, like I said, so Patrick Mahomes, you can't really game plan for him. And even late in the game when it's four from one, he's like, I'm just going to run it. And then he got that that take that, okay, they're not covering me. I'm just going to rush. That man rushed for 66 yards. It's like one of his best rushing games ever in the Super Bowl simply because he knows, well, if you're taking this and this and this away, I know this is the answer. So until you guard this, I'm just going to do this. And once you try to take that away, I know where this hole opens back up. Most quarterbacks, even though they're NFL level, even though they might be incredible players, they don't have that in-game ability that Patrick Mahomes has. And so I, I just, I'm reluctant. I feel like with Kyle Shanahan, the conversation, yes, team should have been prepared. Yes, Man. you got to be perfect. But as we've watched him go through these moments, Tom Brady in the 28-3 lead, um, the last time he played Patrick Mahomes, these double-digit leads that he loses against these generational players, mm. we're, we're like just trying to find the littlest thing to point to of why the loss is there when the actual answer is, and he kind of alluded to it in a post game, like, yo, it's Mahomes and Tom Brady. What the <laughs> hell you expect me to do? If you know anybody out there that can do any better, please send them over because what the hell can you do against these players? And I, I kind of feel the same way. I know what you could do in the third quarter, run the damn ball. I mean, I'm from the couch. You know what I mean? From I mean, the couch. look, bro. It was it's, three, it was two, two consecutive three and outs passing. 
There is, there is like a, it's a damned if you do. I watch NFL Live, yeah, and they talking about yo, you needed to be more aggressive. Where, where was your big time plays when he played Tom Brady against the Falcons? It was, why weren't you still throwing the ball? Why were you running the ball so much? Why were you being too aggressive? You were trying to do too, and it's <laughs> you were too conservative. So you really are damned if you don't, damned if you do, because if he runs the ball and it doesn't work, you're not being aggressive enough, and you have to be aggressive against Mahomes. When he's trying to be aggressive, it's run the ball, man. This is the game. Just kill the clock. What are you doing? And that's the whole point I'm trying to make. I think Kyle Shanahan is an incredible coach. It's yeah. illustrated by how often he's in the NFC Championship and in the Super Bowl. But much like a lot of these quarterbacks in the AFC, in the NFC, like Josh Allen would have been a Hall of Famer too soon already too soon. if he was born in another era. I'm sorry. Too soon. Joe Burrow, who knows what his career will be. I will say he's one of the few quarterbacks that stares down the barrel of the Pat Mahomes gun and he don't he don't flinch at all so who knows what will happen but any of these quarterbacks would have already had Super Bowls if Patrick Mahomes was five years younger or five <laughs> years older and Gal Shanahan would be in a conversation with Andy Reid and, and start to be in a Bill Belichickian type conversation if Patrick Mahomes didn't exist but that's say, the of business I say if he would have he would have been there I think they would have won last year if um, if Purdy didn't get hurt last year. I feel yeah. like they were more equipped to win last year, but neither here nor there. You say he damned if he do it, damned if he don't. I tell you when he's not damned, if he finds a way to get the job done and win a Super Bowl. So yeah. if he do that, then he won't be damned, and we'll get off his back. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully he can do that. How did you feel about Brock Purdy's game? You feel like Brock Purdy... You know, a lot of conversation around Brock Purdy. Everybody act like he, you know, he was a plumber that they signed off the street. But I thought he right. played damn good in the Super Bowl. Right. I think he he didn't lose them the game, which is what you want. Like, he didn't throw the ball away. He didn't have any untimely fumbles. He didn't, like, make any bum, bonehead decisions. I feel right. like he was great in that game. Maybe not great, but he did enough to win the game in that game. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't blame him at all for anything. So who do you blame? Who needed to play better in that game, in, in your opinion? Because it can't all be on Kyle Shanahan. That's the easy answer because he's the head coach. But I mean, I mean there there were some times where I feel like IU didn't get involved enough. Uh, so a lot of the stuff that was timing routes so with Debo was thrown off by McDuffie and them boys. So it's like it was just a lot to compute. Like you said, Brock Purdy may not have that computer installed just yet that Patrick Mahomes and they threw him so many different looks that it was kind of and then you got big Chris Jones in your face every somebody please anybody shoot him <laughs> so <laughs> at some point I think that the scheme around it was more valuable than the actual players in this scenario we needed him we needed George Kittle to have a big game Right. You needed, you needed uh, Debo Samuel to have a big game. You needed Ayuk to have a big game. Yes. And the reality is, for all the conversation around Brock Purdy and them saying how he has so much talent that's around him and that's the reason for his success, he kind of was one of the only people to bring his A game. And I would right. say McCaffrey, obviously, McCaffrey bought out and, you know, probably needed a heavier dose of him. And Jennings. And Jennings was Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, <laughs> he, that was, game he was on his way. Oh, my he, God. He was on his way. He was definitely on his way. The, 
the green law, when the green law thing happened, mm. that's when I was like, okay, this just right. ain't their day. The fact that this happens in this way, in the Super Bowl, if this would have happened in on a uh, on any other field, everyone will be talking about this is why we got to get rid of the turf. I don't even right. know if that is is grass. Is it is the Vegas field grass? Yeah, it was grass. It was it has to be. Yeah. You know how you know how I know it's grass because I didn't see it. I didn't see a single tweet from anybody right. <laughs> saying about how the NFL doesn't care about their players and they need to change the surfaces. Could you right. imagine if that took place on turf, bro? Oh my God! They would have been calling the Roger Goodell fire. would still be in jail today, bro. <laughs> he would he they would have gave him life without parole in a five day period in Vegas. We would be fighting. I would be out marching right now yep. for Roger Goodell to get him out of prison. So. Yep. I don't know. I mean, I'm the wrong person to talk to because I always feel like that conversation is overstated by a bunch of people who it don't matter if you play on turf or grass. You was probably going to tell your Achilles anyway because you ain't that level of athlete. But anyway, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into uh, one of our favorite segments, Facts or Cat. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. 